Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year's Eve. Yeah, we're in this interesting, like, between Christmas Day and New Year's Day, no one knows what to do with themselves. It's just this weird vortex that we're all in. Um, but you made it to church. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Thanks for coming. Um, it's good to be with you. I'm going to do a couple announcements, a little bit of a kind of intro thing, and then Nathan Del Turco is actually going to be preaching for us today, um, which is awesome. It's actually his last Sunday on staff, and he'll explain a number of those things. He's going to plant a church um, in Kansas City, and uh, he'll be around for a, for a season here, taking some time off, finishing his barber's license, um, and, a, and a number of other things, yeah, um, as he prepares to, to go and get in his family already, too. So we'll still see him, and we'll have a full send-off um, prayer time and all of that. But um, I want to share with us about January. January is um, starting tomorrow. And in January, we as a church, we do a couple different things. Um, January 7th, next Sunday, we're going to have a prophetic Sunday. And for some of you, that's very exciting and sounds great. For some of you, you're like, what? Um, it, it'll, it'll be great. You won't, you won't feel weirded out or anything like that. We usually spend a little more time just kind of worshiping and really kind of pressing into that. But then we also try and um, find some people around the church that we feel really do hear from the Lord well. They have a prophetic gifting and uh, ask them to listen in, and, and then we compile all of those things and share some of that just to say, okay, what is the Lord saying about this next year that we're entering into, um, specifically for the church um, at large, specifically for Living Streams, and it's neat because you really glean some things for your own um, maybe goals and plans. It's, it's not a New Year's thing, but it is something that um, is helpful for, as, we, as we begin a new chapter. Um, that's going on. We're also having our fasting season. Again, if you've been around Living Streams, you actually get excited about the fasting season. It's actually a really wonderful time. But if you're new to Living Streams, you're like, what's wrong with these people? Um, but we do 21 days. Um, we we kind of, like, like Daniel fasted, um, we, we take this season, and for three Sundays um, in the subsequent weeks, we, we really do want people to kind of focus in on what it means to... Um, practice spiritual disciplines, including fasting. And so what that looks like for us collectively is on Wednesdays, um, the Wednesdays of those Sundays. So the January 14th, 21st, and 28th are the Sundays. And then the Wednesdays are there, 17th, 24th, and 31st. Um, we ask everyone to fast from when you wake up, through breakfast, that's all right, through lunch. What are you talking about? Um, and make sure it's healthy for you and all those things. But then we come together for some prayer and some soup on Wednesday nights. And it's actually a wonderful time of seeking the Lord together and getting kind of the new year off on the right foot. So that's what's going on. Um, we'll be explaining more about that next Sunday and then obviously on the 14th. Um, but um, that's coming up. So last thing for uh, this is another kind of rhythm that always happens, and this is a little bit more me, but I'm trying to make it all of us, so you just have to bear with me because, you know, they, they made me the pastor here, so you got to deal with whatever, whatever weirdness I have. But um, the Sunday before Christmas, and actually the few subsequent Sundays, we do a celebration of Advent, kind of this Christmas season leading up to the celebration of when Christ came as a babe in Bethlehem, and we call it Christmas, and it's wonderful. Um, and and, and it's, it's something we should make a big deal about. It's something we should celebrate. It's so wonderful that Christ actually came. 
um, into our world as this babe, and he, he you know, lived our, our lives, lived a life just like ours, walking our sod, feeling our feelings, dying on the cross, all that. We celebrate those things. It's such a good celebration. But the Sunday after Christmas, I'm, I'm, I'm now naming it, which I've never done before. We're calling it Christmasmas. Okay? This Sunday after Christmas is now Christmasmas. Okay? And what it is, it's, it's a celebration, a commemoration of the promise that Christ is coming again. And I think it's so interesting how we celebrate Christ came, that's so wonderful, but it always happens as I really start to celebrate Christmas, really start to enjoy the Christmas season, my mind all, always starts to go, but yeah, how awesome is it that next time Jesus isn't coming as a little baby? Jesus is coming as a conquering king. And what a day that's going to be and what a celebration that's going to bring in and it's going to be called Christmasmas. Probably not, but we're going to call it that for now. So I'm just going to kind of give us a little insight. You know how we light the candles and kind of work our way up through some, some rhythms to try and remember all of this. Um, I'm going to read us some verses and just kind of make sure we understand what it is that we are celebrating in this Christmasmas. At Christmas, we celebrate when Jesus came into the world as a babe born in Bethlehem. On the Sunday after Christmas, we're going to celebrate the promise that Jesus will come again as a conquering king. A couple verses for us. Acts chapter 1. The book of Acts came just after Jesus had risen from the dead. Um, they were looking intently up to the sky as Jesus was going up into the clouds. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, men of Galilee, they said to the disciples, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken up from, or has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So here, right away, the angels are saying, hey, don't just sit around there and be like, whoa, whoa, look at that. You got work to do. Just know that Jesus is going to come, just like he went up into the clouds, he's going to come down out of the clouds. That's a promise. That's what's happening. That's what we're waiting for. And this is what's going to happen. Revelation 19 describes it. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, exclamation point. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is what's going to look like when Jesus comes back. It's going to be very different. And yes, that's freaky. Yes, that's intense. Yes, we got to do some Bible study to kind of unpack that and get what we're supposed to get out of that. But this is what the Bible makes clear in many different places, that Jesus is coming again, and he came first time to make a way for all of the sinners and, and all of us to become righteous. He made a way for us to enter into what the Father has planned for us. But when he comes back, the Bible is very clear. He is not coming back to make a way. He's coming back to do away 
with all that is evil, with all that has rejected his love and his grace. He's going to do away with all of that and will usher in a new heaven and new earth where sin and death no longer reign. That's worth celebrating. That's what Christmas Miss is all about. Right? We need to get some songs. Amen. David, you guys, we need some Christmas Miss songs coming up for this next year. We could sing on Christmas Miss. Um, anyways, with that being said, um, last week we talked about 1 Corinthians uh, 13, how these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And I love this quote from a guy, uh, John Corson. He says, Our hope takes care of the future. Our faith takes care of the past, and that leads us to love in the now. So basically, our hope in Christ's second advent causes us to not have any worry or fear about what's ahead. Even though we're in election year, baby, and we're all so excited about it, it doesn't matter what's in the future. We have a hope that is sure. So our hope takes care of the future. Our faith takes care of the past. We've all known we've blown it. We've all known we've made mistakes, but the blood of Christ, our faith in his finished work, takes care of everything in the past. And so that leaves us to just be all about love in the here and now. And we are called to be people of love. We are called to love like Christ loved when he came. And I love what this one writer talks about when he talks about God's love for the world um, and our partnering with that. He calls it the joyous burden of love. That God has a joyous burden of love for the world. It's not easy, but it's a joy for him. And he asks us to participate in it. And there's this quote that um, I want to give to us from Thomas Kelly. The loving presence does not burden us equally with all things, but considerately puts upon each of us just a few central tasks as emphatic responsibilities. For each of us, these special undertakings are our share in the joyous burdens of love. We cannot die on every cross, and nor are we expected to. By inner persuasion, he draws us to a few very definite tasks, our tasks, God's burden heart, particularizing his burdens in us. And so that's what we seek to do is we seek to now enter into a new year and say, God, what are the special tasks of love that you are calling us to? And I'll put my hope in you for the future. I'll put my faith in you for the past. And I will just focus on being as much of a person as love as possible. And I love what he says here. We're not called to love everything, everywhere, do everything all the time. That can be a heavy burden. But God has specific, special tasks for each one of us in this new year to accomplish in so bringing the full strength of his love into the world. And Nathan Del Turco and his family, um, they have felt called to a certain special task um, in this next year of going to plant a church in Kansas City. And so he's going to come up and he's going to share with us about what the Lord's been doing and the Lord is doing as he's getting ready to make this big jump with his family. Will you welcome him? Yeah, buddy. Good morning, friends. Good morning. You guys are awesome. I'm about to brag on how incredible Living Streams community is, and then I'm literally looking down here, and this is borderline embarrassing. There's two people up here wearing t-shirts with my face on them, which is amazing, and get friends like that 
Bro, no, don't, you don't have to stand up and show. If you are new to Living Streams, yes, we are always this weird. If you're watching us for the first time online, welcome. We're, we're so excited that you would spend New Year's Eve with us as a church, as a community. Again, my name is Nathan. Uh, I have a beautiful wife sitting over here. We've been married 15 years. I have four kids. And uh, if you can keep a secret, we actually have one more on the way. So, so that's incredible. Usually when I give the introduction about my family, I say I have a smoking hot wife over here because that's like the thing you're supposed to say as a pastor, which is really uncomfortable and weird. So I won't say that. But also I usually say I have four kids, two pigs, a lizard, a bunny, and a fish that won't die. I usually tell that story. However, something horrible has happened. The fish is still alive. Um, but what's happened over the last year of me preaching in different churches is now people come up to me and they go, is the fish still alive? People are rooting for the fish to stay alive. Here's the, here's the thing. We don't hate fish, but we won this fish at a $1 game two years ago at the state fair. There's a contractual agreement that state fair fish eventually go down the toilet, right? Like they live for a little bit, but this one is invincible. It's a vampire. It won't go away. So thank you so much for, uh, to, you know, Pastor Mark and David and Ryan and our elder team that you would trust me to come up here and share today. Uh, like David had said, we're moving to Kansas City, Missouri in eight months to plant Living Streams Kansas City. And it's a, it's a thing that's been on our heart for many, many years. And through the wisdom and guidance and counsel of our elder team and our, our staff here, we're, we're crazy enough to say yes and we're jumping into it. So thank you guys for your prayers. I did just want to say on your way out, there's these little cards on the table on your way out. They have a little QR code, cool little stained glass window. It says Living Streams Kansas City. Would you take this and just put it on your fridge and pray for us, pray with us? And then if you follow the QR code, it takes you to our website, tells you our story, how to support us, pray for us, all of that stuff. You guys cool with that? Wonderful. Um, I'm going to share a couple things that are on my heart that I've learned the last three years here at Living Streams. And then I'm going to give us a little bit of a charge from Psalm 84. And uh, before I do that, can I just pray for us that God would bless our time together and that it would be fruitful? Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that every single person that came into this space is loved by you. Thank you that you are El Roy. You are the God who sees. And Lord, I pray for any lonely people in this space right now, for whatever reason that's on my heart. Pray for any lonely people that they would feel, they would feel known and valued, connected and seen by you today. Pray that as we break open your word, that we would not try to put anything into this or pull anything out of it that you did not intend. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. I can't wait to meet you in a year and see how much this place changes you. That is a Ryan Romeo quote, and he told me that the first staff meeting that I had here on staff, to which I responded, that is the creepiest thing I've ever heard. He said, I can't wait to meet you in a year and see how much this place changes you. And if I only knew, the Lord has done so much work in me, the Lord has done so much work in my family, 
And uh, man, we are just eternally grateful to be a part of this beautiful community the last three years, and we hope to take a picture of that with us as we go to Kansas City, Missouri. We're really grateful. So today I'm going to unpack just a few things that I've learned here at Living Streams, and I hope that I can kind of impart them back to you as a bit of a reminder. So number one is to slow down in the best of ways. That's the first thing that I learned here. And I wrote here in my notes, deep breaths. One of the first couple months I was here, I was sitting over here with Ryan Romeo, another story with him, and I was looking over here, and sometimes we get these cables because of, you know, instruments or speakers and cameras and stuff, and there was this cable kind of going up the, the steps, and I looked over, and I, and I elbowed Ryan, and I was like, hey, man, I'll take care of that. Him and I used to do tour stuff, so we just have, we have an eye to make things look really clean, and he goes, what are you talking about? And I said, you know, the cable over there, I'll make sure I tape it down and make it look really nice, and he goes, what if you just leave it? And I was like, what's wrong with you? And he goes, listen, dude, he was like, I want you to leave it there till it doesn't bother you anymore. I was like, it's going to be a long wait. And that's just, a, it's a snapshot of, I was thinking of some stories that I could tell, I could tell a ton of them, of how the Lord has taught my wife and I to slow down and to take deeper breaths and to focus on the things that are more important. My kids make fun of me. If they do an impression of me, all they do is just walk really fast. And they go, I'm being daddy. I'm just like, okay, calm down. It was in the slowing down that we heard God's voice clearly tell us to plant a church in Kansas City, Missouri. It was in the slowing down that we heard the Lord tell us to invite Tim and Taryn Hesman to come with us. They're part of our community here, and they're coming with us. It was in the slowing down that the Lord told us that the community in Kansas City wasn't going to be built by drawing a crowd, building hype, or appealing to the masses, but by simply building church one relationship at a time. And I will forever be grateful for that, that you guys have taught me that and been a space for us to learn how to slow down. The second thing that we've learned here is authentic trumps cool every time. Authentic trumps cool every time. I learned this in our elder meetings, executive team meetings, and staff meetings. I watched as the leadership of this house shared each other's burdens in their darkest moments and praised when they were on the mountaintops. Truly, truly from my heart, I've cried and praised more with my church family here at Living Streams in the last three years than I had in the 16 years previous of being a pastor. There's something beautiful about a community that lives and cries and praises together. It's not perfect, but it's good. So if you're new here, dig in. Get friends like this that wear shirts with your face on them in the front row when you preach. Love you guys so much. It was in this authentic relationship that we found the wisdom and the accountability through David, Ryan, Mark Buckley, and our elder team uh, as we sought the Lord for our future and we've never felt more strong and more supported in our entire lives. The third thing that we learned over the last few years is that we found a key. And if you could see my notes here, because I draw a lot, it's a key with a little droplet of water on it. And what I wrote next to it is, what does it mean to be a living stream? I found language and words to make sense of the pull that we felt in our hearts as a family to expand God's kingdom in Kansas City 
and into the world beyond through the word and worship and prayer and families together and evangelism and like Pastor David had mentioned, barbering. I love cutting hair. Get to kind of host tabernacle one seat at a time. So we're going to dig in for just a second. We're going to deep dive. Psalm 84. If you have your Bibles, we're going to have all the scripture on the screen today. But I'm going to read this, and we're just going to unpack just a little bit of that third key, that third thing that I learned, which is what does it mean to be a living stream? Psalm 84, it says this, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. It says, My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, or tears, valley of weeping, valley of drought, says they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty, listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. The psalm has three distinct parts if we're going to understand its meaning. Section 1 and 3 describe a life fully sold out to the Lord, yearning, praising, surrendered, anchored, desperate, and focused on good, true, right things in the Lord. Section 2, which is the middle portion here that we're going to unpack, is what the person's life, journey, pilgrimage, calling can and will look like in light of a life surrendered like sections 1 and 3. You are living streams. Think about that for a sec. Not living streams, the church, not living streams, the organization, but you are a living streams. You are a living stream. Individual streams of living water. Living water that's flowing from a source, our source. Friend, did you know that you're a stream with a source? You're not a lone river. You're not a lone stream. You got a source. And we're going to just unpack what that means. According to this psalm, we can live a life in reflections, in, a re- in reflection of the attributes listed before us. We can be and we can stay equipped for all the things the Lord is calling us into the hard times, the good times, the great times of ministry and life that are before us, like Pastor David was just saying. He's calling us forward. So how do we become a living stream? Or how do we become living streams? I'm just going to unpack just a few things. Number one, based on verses one through three, says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. 
develop a heart for him and his house, a yearning heart. So how do we become a living stream? Develop a yearning heart. And for those of us that could potentially overcomplicate this, I'm going to try to simplify it. I think developing a yearning heart is being those birds. It's just desiring proximity with the Lord. And for you, that could be driving in the morning, listening to worship music, because that's all the time you got. Maybe, maybe you're a single mom, and the only alone time you get is when you're in the shower or you're sitting in the restroom and your kids are <laughs> shut outside the door. Whatever your moment that you can get with the Lord to draw close to him in proximity and to just be those birds every day, do it. Develop a yearning heart. Every single morning, I spend about an hour alone with the Lord. That's been many, 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 many years of life and trials and tribulations to get to the point where that's a routine for me. But friends, can I encourage you, if you don't have an hour every morning, maybe you got two minutes and you can just draw close to the Lord, develop and cater to that yearning heart for his house. The love and longing for the house of God were not meant as an escape from the world, but as preparation for life in the world. As they passed through the valley of Baca, tears, drought, suffering, weeping, the heart for God's house provided strength for the life lived away from God's house. A difficult place was transformed into a spring complete with rain and pools of water. Number two, develop a heart of praise, an ever praising heart. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Friend, maybe for you today, that's as simple as just waking up every morning before you grab your phone and check Instagram. Just say, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Every single morning, I pray the same thing. I said, Jesus, thank you for another day to be a dad. Thank you for another day to be a husband. Thank you for another day to be a doorkeeper in your house. Lord, would you help me to be grateful and help your favor and your grace to be on every conversation, interaction that I have from this point forward to the end of the day. Amen. I say that every single morning. And sometimes in life, we just kind of have to grab the reins and we have to coach our own spirit. We have to help ourselves develop a yearning heart. We have to help ourselves develop a praising heart. So cater and, and um, fan into flame that grateful and thankful heart. Number three, develop a heart of willingness to go, a pilgrim's heart. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. I was talking to Jeff Goki a little bit about this message earlier this week, and he, he talked about this, uh, this quote. It's a Winnie the Pooh quote, so it's super insightful. It says, rivers know this, there's no hurry. We shall get there someday. Sincerely, Winnie the Pooh. And what Jeff said to me was, he said, sometimes in life, there are bridge people and there are river people. Friends, can I encourage you today, if you're standing on the bridge watching the river and just not knowing where it's going, I know it's daunting and I know it's audacious, but could I encourage you to maybe get off the bridge and go down to the river and step into the stream, into maybe what God is calling you into? Develop a heart of willingness to go. Have a surrendered heart. Have a pilgrim's heart. So what is a living stream at its core? If we get all this stuff right, a living stream carries what it brings from the source. 
Remember we said, you are a stream with a source. All streams have a source. And we carry with us a measure of all the things the source has to every place we find ourselves. This scripture says that our God is a sun and shield. Our God is a sun and a shield. So if we're a stream flowing from that source, what do we bring with us? We bring light. We bring defense. We bring light that can reveal truth and comfort those in the dark. We bring a shield that can bring defense for us and those around us. Spurgeon says it this way. He says, a sun for happy days and a shield for dangerous ones. A sun above and a shield around. A light to show the way and a shield to ward off its perils. The other thing that we can bring from the source if we develop the right heart is strength. It says that they go from strength to strength. So picture in your head for just a second a stream that's just growing and surging. It's not getting weaker as it goes longer. It's getting wider and stronger. It says they go from strength to strength until they reach uh, until they appear before God in Zion. So they reach their destination. They just keep getting stronger. That's beautiful. The inverse of that would be, of course, a stream that stops moving, which what happens to a stream that stops moving? It becomes stagnant, and it dies. The other thing that we take with us is we bring good things. We bring healing. We bring grace. We bring blessing from the source. We bring grace, which is what he gives, and we bring glory, which is who he is. So what's the commission? He says to go, but while staying planted in his house with a yearning heart, a praising heart, a pilgrim's heart. What's the Lord calling you into? If you're a stream, you're not just the collective. You're not just living streams, church, as an organization. You are a stream, and the Lord is calling you as a stream to go somewhere. So what is that? Would you guys, if you could, would you stand with me for just a second? We're just going to do an exercise before we take communion together. Before we do this exercise, can I just speak to our kids and our young people in the room for just a second? Can I just encourage you that this scripture has nothing to do with age? Has nothing to do with whether or not you got a lot of money or a little bit of money? Has nothing to do with your gender? Has nothing to do with your past? The last verse, it says, Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. It doesn't say blessed is the one who has perfect intentions and a perfect past and a great college degree and is a certain age and height. That one was for me because I'm short. It says blessed are those who trust in you. So he's looking for a willing heart. And he's looking for a trusting heart. Would you guys close your eyes with me for just a moment? We're going to do this short exercise. It's ask, be, and rest. Right now, right where you're at, 
just you and the Lord, would you ask him right now, Lord, what are you calling me into? If I'm a stream and I'm a stream that flows with and from a source, where are you pulling me? Where are you calling me? Just ask him. The next, step is, the next step is to be. We're going to be honest in his presence. My wife and I have had to get really good with this in this season of stepping out to plant. We're going to be honest with the Lord how that makes us feel. What are your thoughts? So we've asked him what he's trying to pull us into or lead us to. And now we're going to be honest. Just like Mary and Martha were with Jesus, we're going to be honest with what's inside of us, with him. Go ahead, tell him. If you're scared, tell him you're scared. If you're confused, tell him you're confused. He can handle all of it. In John 17, when Jesus is praying to the Father and he's praying for the disciples and he's praying for the future church, he's not just praying for the collective or the collection of the church. Do you know what he calls you? Do you know what he calls me to his Father? He says, those you have given to me. Friend, you are his. You are loved. He knows your name. He knows your struggle. He knows what radio station you had on driving in here today. He knows what socks you're wearing. He knows you, and he loves you, and he sees you. So rest in the fact that you belong to him. You're his. You're his own. It's not any more complicated than that. He is asking you to step into something bold. And it's going to require you to be honest with him too. But the source, the foundation, the grace and the glory of all of it is that you are his and he is yours. <laughs>